0: I want to welcome you all to another Daily Decade. I have an intention today that came into the email from someone who saw, who did not sign the email, so we're going to call them anonymous. Uh, but she wrote in that she's experienced a little bit of fear, and I think a lot of people are experiencing a little bit of fear right now. And she asked for prayers. Uh, she's with child and expecting in, in this uh, in the situation that we're in, in, the world that we're in, I can see how that can cause some anxiety. But uh, I want to pray for her, uh, for the health of her baby. I want to pray for the for her and for uh, for her man, and uh, I want to pray for uh, peace, above all inner peace in her family there, uh, that is now coming into into full formation with the arrival of the child, and that there will be peace and freedom from fear because of the trust in God in their family. So we'll say a little prayer to St. Gerard and a prayer to St. Michael, and I hope all of you will keep her in your prayers. Uh, she's just a handmaiden of God uh, who is uh, with child and in need of some reassurance in the light of Christ. In nomine it's spiritus sancti, Amen. Pater Noster qui essen sancte sanctificeter nomen tuum, advenia ad regnum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, sicut in cello et in terra, panum nostrum quotidianum, the nobis odiae, et de nobis, et nobis debita nostrum, sicut et nos de minimus debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducus in tentationum, sed libera nos amalo, amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, dominus te. Benedicta tu moriariwas et Benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus Sancta Maria mater Dei ora pro nobis peccatoribus nunc et orate nostre. amen Ave Maria gratia plena nomen est te Benedicta tu moriariwas et Benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus Sancta Maria mater Dei ora pro nobis peccatoribus nunc et nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus et Benedictus fructus ventris tui Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, Bora nobis peccatoribus, nunc et mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus Tecum. Benedicta in mulieribus et Benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei. Ora pro nobis peccatoribus nunc et ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, mater dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus nunc et ora mortis nostri. Amen. Ave Maria. Gratia plena, Dominus Tecum. Benedicta Tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris Tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus Tecum. Benedicta Tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris Tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, Ora pra nobis peccatoribus, nunc et pro mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus teigu. Benedicta in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pra nobis peccatoribus, nunc et pro mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus teigu benedicta tu in mulieribus et benedictus fructus ventris tui Jesus, sancta Maria, mater dei ora pro nobis peccatoribus nunc et mora mortis nostre Amen Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tego benedicta tu in mulieribus et benedictus fructus ventris tui Jesus, sancta Maria, mater dei ora pro nobis peccatoribus nunc et mora Mortis nostri, amen. amen. Gloria patria fidio, et spiritui sancto, sicura erat in principio, et non et semper, et secula siculorum, amen. Salve Regina, Mater Misericordia, Vita Dulcedo et spez nostri, salve. A te clamamus filia Evi, fidiaevi, te suspiramus. Humintes and flintes and hack lacrum arum palle. Ea ergo advocata nostra. Ilos tuos misericordes oculos ad nos converte. Et jesum beatum fructum ventris tui nobis postum exilium ostende. O clements, o pia, o dulci virgo Maria. Ora per nobis, sancta genatrix, ut dignis officiamor provisione vis Christi. Oremus forth we beseech thee O Lord thy grace into our hearts that we to whom the incarnation of Christ thy son was made known by the message of an angel may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection through the same Christ our Lord amen for the benefit of thy handmaiden O Lord we implore thee by the intercession of st. Gerard peace health and safety for her and her baby and her whole family. St. Gerard, pray for us. For her and for her man, for all of us in battle each day, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan, and all evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls, Amen. And only partial of but it's a Amen. Well, it's rather interesting that I should have uh, someone write in to that effect. Uh, when I was planning on doing something along those lines today, anyway, uh, because it's been on my mind. As you can imagine, I have my own anxieties and concerns, as I think most people do. It's impossible that you not. In times of uncertainty, anxiety is the rule. We want to have command and control over our environment, of course. And this is the the root of, the, of original sin to begin with. Is Adam uh, and Eve tempted by the serpent to become like gods? Uh, and uh, with that knowledge comes control... Adam was given certain jurisdictions by God in the same way that Lucifer was. Satan was given certain jurisdictions by God before he became Satan, the, the adversary. But given a little bit, they reached for more. They wanted more control, more jurisdiction. And that's a problem that all of us have in times of uncertainty. Is we, that, that element of our, our pride kicks in and want certainty. That's not to say that being anxious is sinful, that's not what I mean, but that it is reflective of a desire to be in command of our environment at all times, and that uh, to be at peace comes from our recognition of that and letting go of that. Before I get into what I was going to talk about, though, it occurs to me that uh, I was so eager to make sure that this intention was heard and that we all prayed for uh, the listener who wrote in uh, that I neglected to tell you how to write in should you have an intention. And that's you can write in to requests at protonmail.com That's decade, D-E-C-A-D-E just like decade, but decade because it's rosary. And requests in the plural, requests at protonmail.com And I will be very happy, uh, overjoyed in fact, to bring your intentions to our listeners here so that you have the power of prayer on your side for whatever your needs are be they great or small. And on that subject of needs, I think there are a few things that we need as a whole <clears throat> as a uh, as Christians in times like this one. You know, each time you turn on the news or you turn to a Telegram channel or if you're still on Twitter Doing there, but if you're still on Twitter or Facebook, even worse, and you see things pop up in your news feed, uh, there's an awful lot of reports that are constantly coming in. Some of them are conflicting, some of them are speculation, but there's an awful lot to give people anxiety. My wife has been in terrible anxiety, and I calmed her uh, in a way that I because of the specific nature of her anxiety, I was able to give a specific answer that helped her to calm down. For those that have more general anxieties and have anxieties of a different nature, there are some words of advice that I can give that help me to keep my anxiety under control, in particular as regards my children, and I have quite a few of them. I won't say how many, but I have a, I have a large Catholic family. And because of that as you can imagine that causes me some anxiety when you go out into the world and you have a, a bunch of kids with you there's not a lot of speculation as to what you believe it kind of puts you in a certain faction or camp automatically in people's eyes because normal people don't have a lot of children heck normal people today don't have children period full stop so it does draw attention to oneself, and uh, in a time when one does not want to have attention drawn to oneself, for holding certain beliefs and being a certain way, it can cause some measure of anxiety. (coughs) Excuse me. And, you know, I think as any man who is involved in uh, a less than popular way of thinking, No matter what it is, what kind of descent one is involved in, whether it's Christian or whether it's religious, whether it's political, whatever. In these times of great uncertainty, if you believe what our ancestors have believed in the most basic sense for thousands of years, for example, that man and woman created he that them, what could be more basic than that? Men are born, women are born men and women, boys and girls there's a physical difference that can't be overcome uh, or changed why would you want to? the the ideas that the devil has sown in people's brains and made popular you know there's that quote that floats around by St. Anthony the Great, There, a time is coming when uh, men will go insane and they will take those that have not gone insane and they will say, you are not like us You're, you are insane And we feel like we're in that time. That's why we call it Clown World. And and why in the description of the Daily Deck we say to help you navigate the hellish clownscape of modernity? And it is a hellish clownscape. Hieronymus Bosch, I, I, I would welcome landscapes with the hand of Bosch compared to what it is that we have to put up with. So if you have children know that the the devil goes about like a lion, seeking whom he will devour, and uh, it certainly seems to us like he is greatly empowered right now. And so you do fear for your children, inevitably you do. I I think we fear for ourselves too. How many of us have asked ourselves, why was I born now? Why now? Why me? All of this meaning I've, I've gone through it as well and so I've had some thoughts and hopefully those thoughts will be helpful to you in, in your spiritual life and this is the primary thought when God chose to create the world we know three things for certain about it one we know that he willed it and wanted it to be done when it was done, not before and not after. God created creation when he created creation specifically and this extends to all of his creation. Everything that happens happens according to his design when it comes to creation. The the actual coming into being. Things don't come into being. They don't have being except in precisely the way that God intends them to have being. The second thing we know about God cre- and creation is that everything that has being is good. Because God is good and God is being. And so anything that is created is good. And God looks upon the world and sees that it is good. There's an intimate connection between God's knowledge of creation's goodness and the existence of its goodness. It's the goodness itself itself dwells in God's knowledge of that goodness. The two of them are inextricably linked. And third, we know that from the beginning of creation, from the moment that God desired that creation should be, it was his intention to be in the midst of it. Now, it may not have been his intention from the very beginning that he should have to incarnate himself and be crucified for the redemption of man, since The fall of man that made that redemption necessary was obviously not part of God's desired plan though obviously he also knew that uh, he had eternal knowledge of it but God always desired to be among us to be with us to be present with us and that desire is fulfilled in the coming of Christ but it continues to be fulfilled because of Christ's words I will be with you always even until the consummation of the world uh, heaven and earth shall pass away but my words shall not pass away uh, there's a relationship there Christ the Son is the Logos or the Logos he is the word there, there's a relationship there between what, what Christ says my words shall not pass away when he, and, and his, his own nature well these three things that we know about creation that God explicitly and deliberately creates and all being is according to his will that all being is good that everything about creation as it is created as it has being is good anything that's evil is a deficit it's a it's an absence of goodness it's an absence of being and finally that God wishes to be among his creation Knowing those three things, we can apply them macrocosmically. We can talk about them in terms of God's creation as a whole. When God created the earth and he created man and woman, he created them with specific deliberate will. He did that on purpose. And there was nothing about it that was not on purpose. There's nothing accidental or incidental or whimsical about God's creation everything's very deliberate and very ordered we can apply that also to ourselves and this is why I don't understand people who believe in what the church teaches but doesn't but don't want to don't don't want to believe that they have to stand for the church or, or want things to be easy want just to be left alone things just go be as they are and leave me alone they clearly don't understand what their situation is. People also who say that it's not part of Christianity to to fight for your people or for your family that it's not Christian to, to stand up and defend those that you love uh, that 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 to uh, to be an advocate or to be a defender of your your tribe or your nation or even your race is something foreign to Christianity. I think you can make an argument maybe for indifference, but certainly not for uh, hostility to the idea of a a tribalism or a nationalism in Christianity. And I know that I'm, I'm treading a political ground, which I try not to do, but I want everyone who's listening to this as a Christian to think about this for a moment. You have been born in a day and an age... In which the three most evil things that you can be in the eyes of the prevailing culture, the three most sinful and irredeemable things that you can be, are a male, because that means you're inherently sexist, a a white person, because that means you're inherently racist, and a Christian, Because that means you're inherently religiously intolerant and bigoted. And Christians are responsible for the mental and spiritual enslavement of millions of people over thousands of generations. Whites are responsible for the physical enslavement of all of these various peoples and nations over several generations. And men are responsible for the enslavement of women and children at all times and in all places right that's the that's the reigning orthodoxy that's what we're that's what we're taught to believe by the reigning orthodoxy by the little orthodoxy of the secular liberal world that's what they want us to believe God now you know it's not true you know as a Christian that these things are false that Christianity liberates that slavery is universal. Physical slavery is universal in human history. With good or bad, it's universal in human history. And that order and hierarchy of man to woman is part of the order created by God. And the church teaches these things. You know these things to be true. That to hate your own people is sinful. You know that too. That's that's true. To hate your family, to hate your elders, to hate those who are members of your tribe and your nation and yes by extension your race people who are like you to hate them as members of that group is sinful you know this knowing all these things taking all this together as a Christian you were born in a time where the three most hated things are white Christian males this is not controversial we know that this is true that these three categories are hated you were born in a time when those are the most hated things what if you were born as two of those things into a family that is the third if you are born a white male into a family where you are baptized as a Christian does that not suggest something about what God intends for you Now, it's not to suffer it's not because God hates you it's because you are put in a position where you have to stand up for your faith and for the group that you belong to your faith teaches certain things about men and women it teaches certain things about the world and right now falsehoods reign as a Christian you are called to bear witness to the truth you are put here at this time and in this place specifically to answer the falsehoods of your age and the falsehoods of your age are these hatreds that are spewed on the basis of of our faith, people they hate. They hate our faith because Satan hates Christ, and our and the hatred of order and hierarchy among the sexes, the hatred of the existence of two sexes, the perversion of nature. These things, that that's something that's celebrated. How can you be born in the time that you're born in and not? realize as a Christian that you are called to defend truth God's order God's truth there's nothing wrong with your tribe and your race and belonging to those things you must defend them when they're under attack there's an order of man to woman to child that you as a Christian must bear witness to You don't have a choice. It's true. You have to defend it. Because if you don't have hierarchy in the home, you won't have any hierarchy in society. If you don't have any hierarchy in society, guess who ends up being dethroned? God himself. The preservation of God's authority depends on your preservation of your authority as a husband and father. And women, the preservation of your husband and and, 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 uh, father's authority over you. Your defense of that authority defends the authority of God. And your defense of your tribe and your family and your race. Think of Saint Tim- what St. Timothy says. that he, he who takes no provision for his own, especially those of his own house, and see there's a distinction, of his own, especially those of his own house, has lost the faith and is worse than an infidel. we are called to be faithful to be hopeful and to be loving above all to god and that means that toward, that means that we are also that towards his creation that we tend to those things which god loves and god loves his creation because it is good now more than ever it is easy for us to come to the defense of and to and care for God's creation. We have it much easier than many people have had in past generations. Think about when Europe ruled the world. Secular liberal Europe ruled the world and was proud of itself for being European and secular and, and, and what it was. It was very difficult then to defend God's creation. In fact, it was much easier to corrupt it. It was much easier to jump on board with the corrupting influences that gave us the world that we live in now. Now it's very easy for us to come to the defense of our families and our tribes and our people. It's very easy for us to come to the defense of God's holy church because it's under attack. We can see that it's under attack. It's much more difficult to maintain in good times than it is to defend in bad because we see clearly in bad times what needs to be defended that's a very important gift that we've been given this is why Bishop Sheen says that there's no better time to be alive than right now we don't have any question about what we believe Christendom is over we don't have any excuses anymore we've been deprived of those excuses and that strengthens us it allows us to go forth with conviction in the faith and conviction in nothing else beside it. That's a great gift, and our children have that gift. Our job is to impart that gift to them—the conviction of the faith—so that they too will stand bravely. And there's always the ch- there's always the chance that. We'll win the crown of martyrdom, and there's a sort of bittersweetness about that. But my prayer is that all of us will welcome whatever trials that come to us in the age that we are in, because God has chosen us for this special mission to live in these difficult times and to glorify Him in our difficulties. God has given us a great cross because as we accompany him to Calvary we will have a greater share of the glory we are triumphant part of the church triumphant in direct proportion to the effort that we expend as the church militant we talked earlier this week about how the more you what you give away are the riches that you have In the kingdom of heaven because of the graces that come from your gifts the same is true of your efforts the same is true of your sufferings the conquest and triumph that you share in in the beatific vision and the glorification of God that triumph is directly reflective of the struggle that you put forth in the church militant and if by some fault you are you join the church suffering in purgatory then according to the suffering that you undergo both in this life and in purgatory the triumph that you share in is reflective of your willingness to bear that cross to lean into it and to have faith and the rewards of God will be great the last time I think in human history In the history of the church when god gave us so great a challenge was in the time immediately preceding the great crusades against the moslems great challenges a breakdown in order collapse in the monasteries why do you think saint bernard was so important he had to restore order in the monasteries the church was in chaos there was collapse in religious life social life economic life. The only thing that was there was there was a unification of political life that came about thanks to Charlemagne and his immediate descendants that made it possible for Urban II to call a crusade. But prior to that, the situation that Europe found itself in, it's not exactly Congress, but it's very similar to the one we find ourselves in now. That means that a great age is coming. And we know that from what Our Lady has told us, that there is an that we have great things and a restoration to look forward to and to hope for. Now, sometimes that's difficult, and I specifically have trouble with that when I'm not in a state of grace. If I haven't gone to confession and received communion, I find it much harder to see the light. And so my prayer for all of us is that we will be able to maintain, through the help of our guardian angels and our patron saints and the strength of God Almighty be able to maintain his grace and presence in our lives so that we will never lose sight of the light and we will be filled with theological virtue of hope and also with faith and charity of course but above all that hope and the confidence the confidence that allows us to walk humbly with our God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.